that's the thing about spirituality and supernatural or whatever people call it. It's just science that we can't prove yet. And I really believe that, you know. This is Your Magic, a Spotify original from Parcast Studios and Your Magic Media. I'm Michelle T. Today, we're getting groovy with Alice in Wonderland, who I spoke to about psychedelics weeks before taking a trip of my own. Her motto, fuck me up on a spiritual level, gives you a sense of her style of athletic mysticism. Next, I'll share the spell I used to begin that recent mushroom trip I went on, and it's a spell that can be adapted by anyone on the verge of stepping into the unknown. And finally, we'll close the episode with a caller to the Your Magic Tarot Hotline, a sober artist who wonders if painting is just another addiction. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. So, I've been sober for 18 years. I got sober because I'm an alcoholic and I had been since high school. I'm really glad I quit. I promise you, I would not be here talking to you on this podcast if I hadn't gotten sober. I can't drink and I can't do drugs, but what about psychedelics? For years now, I have been increasingly intrigued by psychedelics. And that's not random. Psychedelics have been having a revival from psilocybin microdosing to ayahuasca ceremonies. On Election Day 2020, Oregon even became the first state to legalize mushrooms. I felt really jealous of the people who were able to have these profound experiences with psychedelic plant medicine. I believe in their magic, their ability to wake up slumbering parts of our psyche and hit them with a lightning bolt of revelation. I began practicing breathwork, which is naturally mind-blowing. It brought me clarity about a lot of things in my life, including that I could have psychedelic experiences and it wouldn't necessarily compromise what I knew to be my sobriety. Though this is a highly controversial stance to take, I'm not the only sober alcoholic who believes ingesting psychedelics doesn't have to compromise my sobriety. An underground recovery group called Psychedelics in Recovery exists as a support network for alcoholics and addicts who hold psychedelics in a category apart from like weed or cocaine, and who use it specifically for spiritual and personal growth purposes. So, after literally years of thought, prayer, so many tarot readings, I made the decision to eat a few funky stems of magic mushrooms. I had a vision of a frothing white waterfall, or like a collection of waterfalls, and out from it stepped the goddess. Okay, just this giantess. And the water wasn't water, it was energy. And just forget it, it was all psychedelic logic, it's tedious to describe, and possibly ridiculous, but it felt meaningful, and was beautiful. That was a few months ago. Since then, I feel pretty normal. I don't want to drink alcohol or snort speed because they are still gross to me, thank Godics, and because I know I'm still 100% an addict. I'm an alcoholic who can't control what I do once those substances are inside me. But I'm excited about the prospect of integrating occasional psychedelics into my mystical practice. 
Like Bill W., the founder of AA, who 20 years into his own sobriety had an enlightening experience with LSD, I'm intrigued by the spiritual potential. Now let's join Alison Wonderland, who is no stranger to the occasional psychedelic experience. Alison, thanks for being here. I'm so curious about the type of energy you're running when you're performing. And does it feel like it has a spiritual or a mystical dimension to you? Yeah, 100%. I really feel like performing, I'm I'm on another level. I'm not on earth. I really do feel like I can black out. I, it's really primal for me. You know, I feel like I'm just letting everything out and I'm my purest self up there. Um, I have a tagline, which is fuck me up on a spiritual level. And <laughs> basically I want everybody to just feel something above just being there. And I want them to forget about what's going on in their lives and just kind of be on that level with me. And I really do feel like that happens sometimes. And um, I do feel quite connected to the people I, I play shows for. Does songwriting feel at all like spellcasting to you? Or like, what is the feeling of it when songs come to you? It's so weird because sometimes it feels like I'm coming up with concepts that later on make sense to me. I'm writing some stuff at the moment um, and the whole concept of it is dealing with being alone and, you know, the positive and, ne and negatives of like finding yourself through loneliness and all that kind of stuff. And I don't want to make it completely negative. I'm actually trying to make it about hope right now. But when I started writing these songs, which had that concept around it, I wasn't alone. <laughs> um, and now I am. And I feel like a lot of what I was writing kind of is, is kind of helping me through what's happening now. But uh, in, in the past, I'd found that more kind of like my subconscious was helping me realize a lot. Uh, on my last album, I wrote a song called Church. And that was when I realized I needed to get out of a like an old relationship. And because of that song, I made moves in my life because I, I had realized that my mind was really trying to tell me something. Wow. So it sounds like you're able to tap into some sort of part of your of your mind that almost can see the future a little bit or like has a sense, like an intuitive sense of what's coming. I mean, I've definitely felt really intuitive my entire life. And, you know, so is my mother and my grandfather was really intuitive too. I think that if something feels right, you know, that's the thing about spirituality and supernatural or whatever people call it. It's just science that we can't prove yet. And that I really believe that, you know, this is all whatever we feel. It's, there's definitely a truth to it. And you know, that many people can't or, you know, be believing in that or feeling that and it not have some sort of truth to it. Intuition is definitely real. What do you think the energy is? I mean, energy is just something that you can't see, that you feel. When I do shrooms, um, I really feel like there's so much energy that I can see and feel that we can't usually see and feel. I feel like maybe we're only able to see a certain amount of this world in a certain dimension. What did the energy um, look like when you were able to see it? Oh, okay. So it was really weird. Um, I have, I like to trip occasionally just because it help. It makes me feel really cleansed every time. You know what was crazy recently? And usually I'll just see, you know, colors and I'll hear music differently with more detail and, you know, I'll understand visuals more and all that kind of stuff. But recently I had an experience where I was laying on my floor of my bedroom 
uh, actually it was in my closet. <laughs> um, but I lay on the floor of my, my closet and I looked up and there was like this web of layers and it's, it looked like strands of, I don't know, DNA or something that wasn't kind of almost digital. I don't know how to explain uh -huh. it. And then on top of it was this entity <laughs> looking at me, but it, it didn't really have eyes. It, I could just, I just knew it was an entity and it, I can't, can't explain it. And it was just kind of like over, I could just see it breathing and I knew it was like a thing. <laughs> what did it look like? What it, did it look it like? It just looked like it was an energy. It, it may have not even been in this dimension. I don't know, <laughs> but it was just existing. It was just existing and breathing. There was no face. There was no body. I don't you know. You guys were aware of each other though. Yeah. I like thinking that in some other dimension, there's some other creature who had taken a substance and saw you. <laughs> Can you imagine? This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Can I, can I read cards for you? Of course. Ah, thank you. <laughs> Do you know what you'd like to pull cards on or is there anything you'd like to know yes. about? Oh, cool. Okay, great. As I mentioned earlier, I was writing a lot about being okay with being alone and I'm alone now. Mm -hmm. And I really want to, you know, look into having a family soon and all that kind of stuff. And I'm just wondering if I'm going to have to do that on my own or if that's something that maybe I'll be able to do with someone and find someone who's like my best friend, partner, but at the moment, it's not looking good. Okay. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, um, you know how I'd like to do this is pull cards on what would it look like if you were just as you are today, what would, it, what would it look like for you to just move towards having a child on your own? What does that path look like for you? And we'll pick okay, three cards cool. on that. And then I'll shuffle and sit and at, with the idea of um, what does it look like to for you to hold off and wait um, for somebody special to come into your life to co-parent that child with? So let's go. Okay. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> all right. So first I'm going to shuffle for just as you are right now um, with all of the, the resources that you already have, what would it look like for you to just undertake this, this project of having a baby and starting your family without a partner, being your own partner, pulling in the support, supportive people in your sphere you know, just to kind of be your little support system. What does that path look like? I'm picking three cards. And now, what does it look like to hold off on the baby plan for the moment and sort of see about manifesting a partner, a romantic partner who also wants that and who would be good at it, somebody who wants to uh, be a co-parent with you? What does it look like to hold off the baby plan? until that person appears in your life. Okay, and I'm pulling three cards for that. So let's hit the, the go for it 
uh, trio first. Okay. Oh, <laughs> this card is called success. It's the six. <laughs> it's the six of discs. Uh, discs is great for a pregnancy question because they rule the physical, they rule our bodies and they rule birth, you know, six, um, <laughs> yeah. six is the number of beauty and perfection. I believe it's Tifereth in the sphere in the tree of life. And so all the sixes in the tarot are beautiful. And so this one is called success and it's the moon, moon in Taurus, which is lovely. And then the devil, very interesting card. Oh my gosh, I want to see what comes after it because this is a very powerful card. And sometimes, sometimes it's positive and sometimes it's negative, and it really depends. This looks, this looks good. You got the four of cups on the other side. So, oh my god, I want to like know all the cards at once. I feel so excited. So let me just slow <laughs> down and tell this story. So yes, you can, you can do it. You can, you can totally have a kid on your own, and it would be beautiful, and it would be great, and it would be it would rule the rest of your life in the most profound way. That's what this devil card is. When the devil card comes up a lot of times, it means that we are no longer in charge of our self. We're no longer the ruler of our own destiny. So it comes up a lot around, um, you know, addiction. It comes up a, a lot around toxic relationships, but it also comes up around things sometimes that are very positive, like somebody who's a sort of obsessed artist, who's really obsessed with creating their art. The devil card can come up because it's almost like they can't allow anything else in except that artistic impulse. And also having a child. It's like you've now undertaken <laughs> something and every decision that you make from now on is going to be based on this. So it's... So basically, I'll be a good mom. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think you would be a great mom. And um, and and I think that there's also something, you know, I mean, the the devil card, um, the origin of it is is like a pagan god Pan, who's this like sort of fun, lusty, mischievous trickster god who had horns, and he became the devil, you know, through when when Christianity sort of overtook these pagan ideas. Um, but you know, at his root, he's he's sort of like lusty and playful and childlike. So there, there's something really good about that. Um, with the luxury card here, this four of cups is called the luxury card. I feel like um it's really saying that emotionally you've got this. This is a card of emotional stability. And it's not making big promises like you can see at the bottom of the card the water is choppy so it's these three four, i'm sorry these four beautiful golden cups um sitting on water that's kind of choppy so it's saying that like while it is a card of emotional stability it's also like emotions are never stable so you know there's going to be ups and downs and but but what is it's also saying is that you're sort of prepared for it like you know there's going to be ups and downs you know and you'll be able to weather those downs and when you're up you're going to be way up and i like this i like this little triad um, for your question. I think it's very kind of like, you know, starting off really strong with a yes, 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 yes. And then being like, but just so you know, everything's going to massively change and it's going to be a little up and down, but that's having a baby yeah. for you. So let's see what it looks like to look for a co-partner. Okay. Another disc, the five, the five of discs is the first card in this draw, which is called wary. It's kind of the opposite of the six of discs. It's very energetically. It's the opposite. So that's interesting. Okay. Let's see what's next. The Hierophant, another major arcana, which is interesting. And then the, the third card is change two of discs. Okay. So you have two, these are all very uh, earthbound cards, the five of discs and the two of discs, which is called change. And then the Hierophant, the Hierophant is um, a card about 
Um, it's a Taurus card. It's a card about knowledge and who has the knowledge and the keeper of the knowledge. And it's interesting coming up in a reading like this where you're looking for a partner. And it's almost making me wonder, is there a part of you that feels like you need somebody else because like you feel like you don't know what to do? Like you need somebody else who's going to sort of maybe come in and with, with more knowledge or knowledge from a different sphere than you um, to kind of help you. I mean, help you have the kid, not just help you have the kid, but help you actually raise the kid. Um, Cause what's interesting is like, it, it doesn't, it looks like, I mean, the Hierophant is a great card and it is kind of a dad card in this funny way. Um, but it's sort of like patriarchal dad knowledge, you know, it's a little bit man, it's a little bit mansplainy of a card. And so it really, it can be, it depends on, you know, again, the, where it's being placed. And then you have this change card afterwards. I feel like there's going to be something very empowering for you to go forward and take undertake this on your own without a partner. Mm. I think it's going to be actually really empowering for you. And I, I mean, the fact that this, this, um, these three cards asking what, what if I wait for a partner, it starts with a really negative card and then it ends with change. Mm. So I feel like it's almost a funny thing that I wouldn't be surprised if you started doing this on your own and then you met someone while you're in the process or maybe you even have a kid you you know you have a young child and then you do meet somebody who ends up coming into your life and being part of that child's life but it yeah. looks like that's what my mom said she's like oh, really probably, yeah she's like I think you know you could always meet someone later and because you know it's oh yeah that's definitely it's funny that you say that yeah I mean that's what it looks like to me I mean the Hierophant is is great I mean as far as what I'm the, the biggest thing I'm getting from this is that the very first card in both of these, like do it on my own. You start with the big yes discs card, wait for a partner. You start with a big no discs card. So I feel <laughs> like I like when the tarot is very clear to me. So I'm going to respect that. And the devil is like also doing something really daring that you're like, you're, maybe you're not supposed to do is also the devil card. And it is still, I think a little daring, even in this day and age for a woman to just be like, I'm going to do this on my own. I'm going to start my own family. You know, I'm going to like take control of the situation and not wait for somebody else. So in the Hierophant, in the way that he, he contains so much knowledge, I just, I just want you and the devil contains a lot of knowledge too. So I want, I feel like the tarot is wanting you to, recognize where you might be a little afraid, like, but maybe I don't know how to do it. I need somebody mm -hmm. here who knows more than me, you know, like, cause you don't actually need that. You don't, you don't need it. Cool. And if my fans are listening, don't worry. It doesn't mean I'm going to stop. If I ever, oh, you're have never going to stop. <laughs> no, um, you'll still see me everywhere. It's just going to be slightly less after party sets, but we, we can, we can deal with that. I love that Allison has this big, amazing life, and she's not afraid to call some major change into that. Babies are such game changers, right? They bring problems to solve, and they bring so much big, crazy love. It's so good to shake up our lives like that. I feel like I kind of just did that with my psychedelic decision. It's like you make a daring choice, and suddenly you're on a whole new path. Here is a simple spell I used before taking the mushrooms. You can use it whenever you're about to step onto a whole new path of your own. You'll need a candle, a rock or crystal, something fragrant to burn, and a glass of water. Add any objects that resonate with your intention, like I used some kitschy mushroom decor and a glass evil eye. Set yourself up at an altar or a makeshift altar. 
Call upon whoever you're asking for help, the universe, a deity, ancestors, spirit guide. State your intention, name your wish. Then lay out your objects, acknowledging the energies they represent. Light your candle, asking the element of fire to bring you passion. Arrange your rocks, asking the earth to keep you grounded. Burn your herbs, asking the element of air to bring you clarity. And place your glass of water while asking that element to keep your emotions level and guided by love. Now, take courage and step out into the great unknown. For those of you who need more than a basic ritual to help you navigate life's unknowns, please know that you can contact Your Magic and I will perhaps pick tarot cards for you. Email us at hello at thisisyourmagic.com or call us at 201-754-8725 and leave us a message like this. Am I really supposed to be a painter? I'm not sure. Even though I've been doing it for 20 years, I think I may have taken a wrong turn. That's Kate, an artist on the precipice of turning her whole life upside down. Kate, thank you for calling the Your Magic Hotline. Thanks for picking my problem. <laughs> you started painting when you were 30 and you were coming off the heels of like a really intense time. Yes. I mean, yeah, the first part of my whole life, the feeling of emptiness, just agony living, you know, and doing a lot mm -hmm. of just self-destructive things to feel better. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, when I started painting... It, it gave me a different experience of life that felt doable. Uh -huh. And so, of course, I thought, oh, well, this is it. This is the thing that I've been right. needing. So for a while, you were able to just um, focus all of that energy just on painting and you were at peace. How long were you at peace for with it? Not that long. Um, uh -huh. Maybe three, four months, what made me keep, st keep sticking with it was just the magnitude of the deliverance that I felt during okay. those three or four months. It was like an, a, a major transformation, like awakening. Wow. Because I really didn't know what other options I had mm -hmm. or was afraid to experiment with other options. Did you, did you during that era return to like former addicty ways of coping with yes. life? You did. Totally. And you were painting and it's at the same time. Yeah, trying. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like from then on, the two parts were just like in competition with each other. Just listening to you talk a little bit, I was like, well, geez, it seems like maybe the problem here is something about an addict disposition that then sort of becomes addicty with whatever sort of is the that wrote, right that anything that feels good becomes the thing right. that you're chasing after yeah. yeah and it ruins the good things you know making art makes you have to sit in your own mind and that's hard i mean our whole culture is built around getting people out of their minds like watch tv drink smoke weed but artists have to sit in their mind and, and that is really hard and when you have an addict's mind it's filled with landmines. So right now you're painting. Okay. You've been painting. That's where you're at. So we're going to start with that. I'm going to shuffle these cards and I'm going to ask, and you're going to ask, like, what does it look like if you continue investing yourself in painting as you have been, right? Like it just okay. keeping it there, 
moving towards it in spite of the agony, you know, like okay. and we can pick cards around what the agony is, but for now, just as far as like what action to take, what does it look like for you to just like continue to embrace this? I'm going to pick three cards and now you're talking about, okay, should I do some other things? Like, do you want to pick cards on acting? Let's say something more performance oriented that's like improv or comedy, but not necessarily acting. So this is more performance. Dare I say performance art, some sort of hybrid performance? Maybe so. Okay. Yeah. Hybrid performance, comedy, something where you're using your body and you're speaking and you're moving. Is there something else that you're imagining if you, if you kind of put painting down for a moment that you would like to explore? Just really being like a wandering, like monk mystic. Wandering monk mystic. Okay. That doesn't have any plan, any um, idea of what they're trying oh my to do. God. Just like cosmic, being the fool, jumping off the cliff. Like I am not defined by what I do. I am not defined by what I produce. I am a creature on the planet exploring. Love that. Yes. I love that very much. So let's see what the th what three cards we have for Kate. Um, continuing to paint. Continuing to paint. Knight of Cups. It's a beautiful card. It's a heart offering. And then we have Prince of Discs. Hard working. Slow and steady and stubborn. Mm -hmm. And then we have the Princess of Cups. Getting um, wow. an emotional card, but not emotional in an overwhelming or messy or cloudy way. Like a person who sees their emotions for what they are and are able to kind of like exist in peace and happiness with their emotions. Um, let's see, what would it look like if you did this performance thing? Queen of cups, another court card here, adjustment and love two of cups. Wow, this is a process for you to do something like this. This is a, it's an upward trajectory, the story that it's telling. Right. She's got a lot of emotion, a lot of inspiration. She's water, but look at, you can't even see her face. Her face is obscured by steam, which is more emotion. So she's sort of like the opposite of the Princess of Cups, which is saying to me a little bit is like, you actually have gained so much ground in painting, even though it might still torture you. There's something about, you know how to do it. You know what to do. And uh -huh. that is um, meaningful. That means something um, that you might be taking for granted a tiny bit um, because switching mm -hmm. over like this is going to rip that away from you, which might ultimately be a good thing, but it's going to take a little bit of adjustment. Here's the adjustment card, this Libra balance card where you have to figure it out and you're like, oh, maybe I... I thought it was going to be all these things, but maybe it's just these two sort of themes or these, you know, like, it, or how do I merge them and where do I bring it? And what does it look like? Like, there's a lot of questions and decisions to be made around it. There uh, is. And at mm, first, I think you're going to mm -hmm. be maybe a little overwhelmed by that. Like, it's almost like it's an impulse right. that you haven't fully thought through. Um, and now... To, to say, okay, I'm going to do it. Now it's like, oh, and now it's time to think it through. And there's actually a lot. But fulfilling? Very much. The Two of Cups, the love card, um, the beginning, you know, it's not an ace, but it's a two. It's very close to the ace. And so I see this as like a beginning of a new, I don't even know if it's a whole new path. I feel like it's an offshoot of your existent creative path, you know? And because cause mm -hmm. what I see here is like so far, I don't see 
one or the other. I see, I see right. you, yes, you paint and you make room in your life to explore this and start, start sorting out. Okay. What, what, what do I mean by this? What am I really thinking about? What, what are some themes? What are some ideas that I have? Flesh them out, you know, figure out the nuts and bolts of it, troubleshoot, like whatever comes up and you're going to find that it's super rewarding and it might give you a little bit of that emotional lift that you're looking for with your creativity. But don't be scared if at first you're like, oh, what is this is just another problem to solve. It is a problem to solve, but I think it will be gratifying for you to solve it. Um, now let's see about you being a wandering monk. Oh my God, the death card. You can't pull some into the wild shit, Kate, and just like go into the woods with a pocket full of bird seed and be like, here I am and like feed yourself to a wolf. You can't do that. It's not allowed. So let's see our next card. Eh, you know, not not, not awesome. Uh, Prince of Prince of what? Swords. He's just like Ooh. you know, he's this guy who he's trying to do something, but he's not doing it right. He thinks he's got the right. You know, he wants his chariot to move forward as we all do, but the things pulling his chariot are these little fairies that are no match for his big chariot, and he's recognizing that he's wow. about to slice the reins. His his sword is drawn. Um, so it's recognizing like, oh, I thought I thought I could do this or I wanted to do it, but I guess I didn't really think it all the way through, did I? Oh, no. And then you get the futility card. This is a bad idea, Kate. Wow. It's a bad idea. The futility card is so – this is so funny because the futility card is astrologically – it's the Seven of Swords and it is astrologically moon in Aquarius, okay? So this is like basically really – intellectually biting off more than you can chew. It's a dream that looks really cool and sounds really cool, but actually it's not functional. It's okay. like we forget, it's like we forget we're humans, you know? Okay. Ugh. I'm sorry, my friend. There's no, uh, no, no deep hippie wandering for you right now. It, it's really not an option. You're like, I thought I was doing this cool thing to sort of save myself. And instead you were probably doing this like wild addicty thing. <laughs> and then you're like, Oh, I'm so crazy. Why'd I do that? Uh, and then you like feel super bad about yourself. That's that story. But the story over here <laughs> okay. is like, it's really, there's something also very interesting about these cards. These cards are very positive. Your cards for writing. I'm sorry. Your cards for painting are very positive. Your cards for performing are ultimately positive after you get through the process. Um, but all of these cards are very ordinary and that's so interesting to me because it's like in in a sense it's like i know you're looking if you're talking about art making being agony from you then i know you're looking from re relief from the agony but i also wonder a little bit about like the addicty desire to have to be able to get high from everything you know and it's like some and it's like you kissed can't you know and it's like if we abandon awesome things because they stop getting us high we are just a cuckoo bananas person who's just like chasing fantasies yeah chasing fantasies and giving up on things that are meaningful and it's like sometimes our job is just to stay in that place of discomfort and be like all right here we all are like i i, I don't know why i'm wired to crave you know, these sort of like heightened experiences all the time, but it's not realistic. And I have to just sit with that disappointment at like my little human life, right? Where 
I'm not like a starburst or a tornado. I'm just like a human and finding a new way to be in relationship to it, I think is always good, but it's, it's not always something that's going to get you like high, you know? It makes a lot of sense. Okay. I did that reading for Kate some months ago, and since then, she's actually taken the tarot's suggestion that she start some performance project, and she started a YouTube show called How to Paint. She likened it to Bob Ross if Bob Ross was grappling with the meaning of his existence. At the end of this episode, I'm feeling really struck by how brave we all are. I mean, every day, so many of us are making these big decisions, or even little decisions that wind up having big consequences. Have a baby, move to the woods, expand your mind. Whatever major life decision you may be on the verge of making or in the process of integrating, we salute your courage and we wish you safety and bright vibes, always. Thanks for tuning into Your Magic. Make sure you follow us on the Twitter and the Instagram at This Is Your Magic and subscribe to us here on Spotify. Don't miss an episode. You can sign up for our newsletter at thisisyourmagic.com and get more musings from our team of spiritual seekers. And you can email us at hello at thisisyourmagic.com because we love hearing from you. This episode was produced and edited by Molly Elizalde, Tony Gannon, and Vera Blossom. We got extra production support from Veronica Agard, Christine Marr, and Raven Yamamoto. Our executive producers are Ben Cooley, myself, and Molly Elizalde. Our original theme music is by John Kimbrough. Join us next week for a conversation with Rachel True, icon. Thank you for listening. 